how to start. Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're modern. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to Creative Principles. I'm your host, Brock Swinson. In this podcast interview series, I'll be speaking with writers, directors, actors, musicians, chefs, and various other types of creatives as we bridge the gap between creativity and productivity. Here we'll be discussing the habits, routines, and lessons that help promote a successful creative life. If this is your first time listening, make sure to subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. As a kid, Tom Eagles didn't have a television, but he loved going to the movies. As he entered the business, he started cutting trailers and promos. As an editor, he learned that he could shape stories in a creative manner. While cutting drama for television, he eventually met writer-director Taka Watiti. The duo worked together on What We Do in the Shadows in 2014, followed by Hunt for Wilder People and now Jojo Rabbit. In the latest film, a young boy in Hitler's army finds out his mother is hiding a Jewish girl in their home. In this interview, Eagles talks about the editor-director relationship, how to edit improvised films, so what we do in the shadows, the New Zealand method of pacing comedy, how the films are connected thematically, and how to avoid second-guessing creative impulses and be open to all ideas. To hear more about Jojo Rabbit, listen to episode 178, where we speak with the author, Christine Lunens. If you enjoyed this interview, join thousands of viewers for the new video YouTube series, Creative Principles, which dissects film, series, and more. My family didn't have a TV growing up, um, so there was a, a great allure to, to movies and television. My um, my dad, once my parents split up, I would get you know weekends with my dad, and he didn't really know what to do with me other than um, other than take me to the movies, and he would just take me to see what he wanted to see. So I saw some pretty amazing, crazy films at a young age. You know, I saw Delicatessen, uh, Akira. I saw um, some Jim Jarmusch movies. Um, it was, uh, you know, so that was, that was kind of my beginning of my interest in film and Do the Right Thing was, it was a um, kind of turning point for me because um, Spike Lee's aesthetic was so specific. I think it was probably the first time I became aware that people made films and that you could make them differently from each other. So uh, that's a long <laughs> rambly intro to, to um, how I got interested in film, but um, ultimately I did, you know, I went to university and there were a couple of practical classes. I think about 12 of us were allowed to do script writing and 12 of us were allowed to do documentary production. So I did that and that was my kind of first taste. What kind of leads towards editing? Is it usually, like, how do people break in? Is it usually a partnership with a director or what are some common paths and what was your path into editing? Yeah, I mean, those are, um, my path was kind of sideways. I, I was working as a promo director, you know, sort of making trailers and promos and title sequences and things. Um, but I wasn't very engaged with filmmaking, which is what I always really wanted to be a part of um, the storytelling. 
Um, and probably, you know, the thing I gravitated towards originally was script writing. So um, making promos and trailers was kind of a great film school for me because you kind of did everything. You, you wrote a script of sorts. Um, you directed some talent, but you also did a lot of editing, and you generally shaped things in the edit. And um, that was when I kind of fell in love with editing and, and kind of started to see what the possibilities of the discipline were, which are still, you know, expanding for me every year that I do it. Um, so I had a friend who was working as an assistant editor, and he hooked me up with a, a job as an assistant, and I trained under some really great editors, um, and then started to get work of of my own, and then, you know, eventually um, met Taika and started working with him, which is where things got, you know, pretty interesting. Did you work with him before What We Do in the Shadows? Did you guys do some shorts together? Uh, the first thing I did for him was um, trailers for Boy. Uh, I had long since stopped doing trailers. I was working, um, cutting drama, mostly for television. But um, I went to a, a you know a test screening of the film, and um, and. It was just such a beautiful movie, and he was so engaged also. He and his editor, Chris Plummer, were, were really open and interested in our feedback, and you know some of those ideas found their way into the, the movie. So um, when he asked me to make trailers, I was, I was happy to get involved. Um, so that was kind of the first experience, and then I got the call to go down to Wellington to work on What We Do in the Shadows, and that was the first time I was cutting a movie for him. When do you typically come in on a project now, a film like that? Do you read the script? Do you come in literally in post-production? When do you first like, accept the job, I guess? I, yeah, I read the script. The script is always the kind of key to, um, to connecting with the movie, and really it's my... Um, it's, I don't refer to it a lot, but um, with Psycho especially, the script always sets the tone. Um, and he does so much on the page that uh, it really makes the, the rest of the communication easy because um, so much is already established, I feel, in, in his scripts. Um, so, yeah, for each movie it starts with a script, even what we do in The Shadows that did have a script, although ultimately it wound up being heavily improvised and, you know, structured in the edit there was a script and, and they did loosely follow that format. Um, yeah, and then Will the People and then Jojo maybe was the most engaging of his scripts that I've read. How do you, um, before we dive into the newest one, how do you kind of, if you're working on an improv film like that, is it a debate in the editing room about which joke is best? Like, how do you kind of decide what to put in, where to cut, where to hold for laughs, and that kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, that's why it takes a long time, I think, sometimes. What we do in the shadows probably went on for at least a year of editing um, with a couple of different editors, myself, Yana Gutskaya, um, and Jono Woodford-Robinson, each doing, like, multiple rounds on it. Um, and it's all up for grabs. It's all, and you had two directors as well. So that one, above all others, was was the, the room was a, a debating chamber. Um, and uh, I mean, I like to think that Taika and I share a similar sensibility in terms of 
pacing and um, and how to time comedy, especially. Uh, it possibly comes down to being from New Zealand and having a slightly different sensibility. Um, you know, I think we tend to sort of hold things sometimes until it's awkward and that the, the humour really is in the space in between things. Um, in that awkwardness or in, you know, a beat just going on a bit too long. Um, so a lot of it is just kind of instinct and your tastes and um, in, that, in, in that case, because it's a straight comedy, you're tasting comedy. Um, but certainly, yeah, there was a lot of, lot of debate um, and a lot of different versions. There's definitely some, some cringe comedy kind of across the films. You see each one as its own type of, you know, sub-comedy, sub-genre within, within the humor you like as well. Do you see them very different from one another? I mean, I do and I don't. I think, um, I think the films are all connected. Um, they all have Taika's kind of unique um, imprint on them. And I think probably, you know, Boy and Wilder People and Jojo Rabbit all share some kind of um, thematic resonances as well. Um, but there's definitely a range, you know, from, from the high comedy of Shadows um, through to Boy, which is, you know, a lot of people view as a, a drama, um, and everything in between. And this film really kind of, Jojo Rabbit sort of had them all. Um, it had very broad comedy. It had um, very deep, heartfelt emotional scenes, um, and combining those things was was a kind of tightrope walk of, you know, how much did we want people to laugh and when, um, and when when could we start making them feel a little. Did you feel a, I know he, uh, he did the, the Thor, the Marvel movie separately, and you guys came back together on this film, but as you're working together over the years, do you feel more of a responsibility, um, I guess, to make bigger films, but also do you still feel able to use that same type of humor, or do you feel like a need to make it more universal as these films become more popular? That's a good question. I, I don't... I, I don't. I, I only can really judge by my own sense of humour and my own sensibility. And the moment you start second guessing and thinking, maybe this will play better to a broader audience. Maybe this will play better to an American audience. You kind of lost a little bit. I, you know, I leave that to other people. So what we do with all of Tyker's films is is test a lot. So we play it, you know, first to a small group of friends and family, and then gradually larger and larger audiences and. Um, on this film, we had the luxury of maybe three or four screenings of two to three hundred people, which is amazing because you feel everything. I mean, obviously the comedy, but but everything. You you know how a scene plays. You hear little gasps here and there, and but even without that, you, you kind of get a sense of how the audience responds. So um, I try to stay true to my instincts, but I also try and stay open to what audiences are, are telling us. Um, and so far it seems to have been, the humour has translated, uh, and the tone generally has, has translated. So we'll see how people take this one. Are you uh, like generally showing them a longer piece that you plan to cut more, and you've kind of got some notes for maybe some, some A jokes and some B jokes if something doesn't work? 
And are you taking notes? Tell me a little bit about that process and how you handle that feedback. Yeah, I mean, um, in this case, it wasn't so much about jokes and comedy because it's only one part of, of the puzzle um, that is Jojo Rabbit. A lot of the the feedback that we were seeking was, you know, um, was story stuff and emotional stuff, how, how connected people felt and what information they had, you know. So without giving any spoilers... Uh, the shoes, for example, are very important in um, uh, Rosie's shoes are important in Jojo Rabbit. Uh, and, you know, audiences, we found, really tracked that, absolutely. Um, so there were, there were lots of questions that we had um, in terms of what was and wasn't clear to people. Um, and then in, in terms of the humour, yeah, we did... Um, you know, we uh, more generally speaking, we kind of uh, we had to do a couple of things. We had to be, make people feel comfortable to laugh, and um, and I think you know that some people would have toned down the humour in in the opening, but actually the key in the end was uh, was putting Taika into putting Taika's imaginary buffoonish Adolf into the opening scene. Um, which came up later in um, in pickups, and that really kind of planted a flag and and said that you know this is this film is going to be a comedy about Nazis and it's going to be funny and you're going to laugh and you may not feel comfortable about it but that's what it what it is. Um, and actually, we found audiences kind of relaxed into the film a lot more once they they saw that. Um, on the other hand, you know, it was important to establish up front also the grim reality of that um, regime. And so the, the other scene that was important up front was um, the scene that where Jojo and Rosie uh, discover some um, the bodies of some resistance fighters hanging in the town square. Uh, so that equally was important to kind of tip the hat towards where the, the film was heading. Um, and to acknowledge the kind of the brutality behind it all. What kind of conversations do you guys have throughout the film? Like, how do you best stay on track to make sure you're using the same thread or themes? Uh, do, you, do you constantly talk about big picture ideas like that? We don't. Uh, we don't really over talk it. I don't think Taika likes to kind of. Um, uh, over-verbalized because really the, the film should be more than what we can do with words, if you know what I mean. Um, so we we just keep screening it and refining it and kind of, yeah, we talk about what doesn't, doesn't work, but we don't talk too much in terms of, um, you know, very high-concept intellectual ideas about the film. We talk about the realities of a performance or um, a relationship on screen, whether it's playing or not. So it's more of a, yeah, more of a true collaboration where you're um, t- accepting those moments of, like, spontaneity and things like that during the filmmaking process? Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. He's a very spontaneous filmmaker. He gives you a lot of space. Um, he's happy for you to come up with a bunch of ideas and just throw stuff at him and see what sticks. Um, and same thing with the actors, you know, he gives them a lot of space to, to um, try things out. 
and um, and he really just wants to kind of uh, aggregate, you know, all the best ideas, and then it's a sort of a slow process of boiling that down to what is the what is the real film, uh, and what's truest to the the tone that he's trying to achieve. You guys have worked together on a, on a handful of films now. Um, is there any advice you wish you had in the beginning? Or any advice you'd like to pass on to, to people that are trying to be editors in the business? I mean, I would say just trying to be open, trying to be open to, to all ideas. Um, it's, I think to, to be a good editor, you have to have a very strong aesthetic of your own and, and, um, and you know, therefore you feel strongly about things. But um, being open to every idea and trying everything out I think it was a, a bit of a journey for me, um, especially coming from fast turnaround TV was where I kind of cut my teeth and you didn't really have time for that. But what I've learned over the course of, you know, many features is it, it's what makes a great feature is, is trying all of those things. And sometimes the, the things that you think would never fly do. And, you know, sometimes you can decide to play a scene without any dialogue, take all the lines out and... It works, and sometimes it doesn't. But, um, yeah, I think um, just being really open to collaboration because your role as an editor is um, 100% a collaborator. Even if your director's not in the room, you're collaborating with the rushes and uh, that they've shot and the, the script that they've written. Um, so just remembering to kind of keep all the lines open, I think. That's my advice for the day. Okay. Well, that's great. Uh, I'll just do one more. Is there anything else you want to say about the film or any future work you're, you're working on? Uh, I'm not sure I can talk about the, ne the next thing. Um, I mean, in terms of Jojo, yeah, Jojo was a, was a joy to work on, to, to kind of um, get the opportunity to be on the, uh, on the ground with um, forming the tone of, of a film like this was... Um, a very special experience for me. So um, I'm just really looking forward to it being out in the world and everyone being able to see it and judge for themselves. Thank you for tuning into this show. If this is your first time listening, please log on to iTunes or SoundCloud and give us a rating. Providing a rating or sharing content is one of the best ways to help the series grow. Make sure to also follow or like us on your favorite platforms like Instagram, Facebook, or the new YouTube series we've started. And check for daily updates over at creativeprinciples.live.